What a good morning it has been so far. So refreshing to be with brothers and sisters in the family of God. I'm gonna take just a few minutes and sow in this word. Uh, as of last night, I was going to be preaching out of 1 John chapter one and following. I'm uh, talking about walking in the light and I got up this morning and I felt zero wind in my sails for that. Sometimes I compare it to like a magnet. You push the two ends of the magnet, try to get, you can't quite get them to go together. They, they resist I love First John, it's so good, but I felt a little bit of a resisting there. And so as we try to stay in step with the Holy Spirit, we say, what are you doing today? And the verse that kept coming back to my mind, sitting in my chair this morning over and over and over again, is out of Colossians 1 and the first part of Colossians chapter 2. Really, really meaty, helpful apostolic prayer. And I want to jump off from that point and just share a simple word that the Lord put here because First John 1 is so good and First John will be for another day. But today we want what the Lord is saying, yes and amen? And so as we, as we learn to walk by the Holy Spirit, as we learn to interact with people, we wanna pay attention to the nudges. We wanna pay attention to the, the magnet. What's like drawing me? What's the word drawing me? And where's, where's there a little bit of resistance? It's not that there's resistance to the word, it's that that word in season wasn't for today. We wanna know what is the Lord saying in season? What is he doing? So just as a moment of teaching here, we wanna see how to stay in step with the Holy Spirit in all things. So Colossians chapter one, starting in verse 28. It's familiar, it's one of my favorites. We've taught on it before. He is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me, through me. I want you to know how hard I am contending or wrestling in prayer for you and for those in Laodicea. And for all who have not met me personally. Verse two, my goal in prayer is that they may be one, encouraged in heart, so that they may be, and so that they may be united or knit together in love. That's my goal in prayer. Why? So that they may come to have the full riches of complete understanding. Why? In order that they may know the mystery of God, which is who? Christ Jesus, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Man, this, this passage will preach and preach and preach and preach and preach. Um, man, I pray this for y'all during the weeks. This is, this is one of my main prayers for you, for my precious brothers and sisters. I pray this for myself and for my family. He is the one we proclaim. How do we proclaim him? Well, we admonish and we teach. And how do we do those two things? With all wisdom. So we're proclaiming Christ in a couple of different ways. We're admonishing and we're teaching. How are we doing that? With wisdom. That's how we start off here. Why? Why are we proclaiming him? Why are we admonishing and teaching? Well, the, the goal of that proclaiming and teaching and admonishing is to present everyone fully mature in Christ Jesus. When are we presenting? Well, at the day of his coming. We're presenting everyone to Christ as that chaste virgin and saying, here they are. That's a pastor's job. I want to present everyone fully mature, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, to build up the saints, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, so that you all know who you are in Christ, because you could be immature in Christ. Yes? 
You can, you can be a, a, a halfling in Christ Jesus, fully saved and completely born again, but you cannot be mature. You could be carnal in your thinking. So you could just be drinking milk for the rest of your life and not solid food. And Paul says, we need to move past the elementary things to the more mature things in the faith. So that's what we want. We want believers to have their roots grow down deep so that they can grow up tall and strong. That's our goal, presenting all y'all and me fully mature in Christ. And he says, to this end, I strenuously contend. This is what I'm working for, Paul says. Every day I get up, I do my work, every day strenuously I'm working hard for this. For what? To present the saints fully mature in Christ Jesus. Bam, so good. Now, I want you to know something else. I am also contending Not in the work that I'm doing in ministry. I'm contending in my prayer closet, Paul says. I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you and for those in America slash Laodicea. I'm working hard, and this is my goal in prayer, that the saints would be encouraged in their hearts and that they would be united or knit together in their love. Okay, so yeah, I'm working hard over here to present them fully mature. I'm also working hard in my prayer closet and this is what I'm praying for. I'm praying that they're encouraged and that they're they're, they're united in love. Why is that such a big deal? Well, we're not united in love unless first of all, we're encouraged in heart. This is why the enemy has a ministry of discouragement through the news media through the world system to discourage, to blanket you with a, a spirit of despair, a heavy spirit, instead of that garment of praise that lifts that off. The work of the enemy is to discourage you. Why? Because discouraged people don't really like to be united in love with other discouraged people. Discouraged people like to dwell and isolate in our discouragement. Misery loves company. What's the company misery loves? other misery. Misery is comfortable. I'm, I don't have to take risks in misery. I can stay here in this place. And so I can isolate myself with other, other miserable people. So we got to be encouraged in heart. We have to be strengthened. I'll talk about that here in a minute, what that word means. We have, to be, we have to be set on fire with hope and encouragement so that we can take the next step and be united in love. Why is this such a big deal? So that these encouraged and united people may come to possess or have the full riches of complete understanding. Or another translation says, they can have all the riches that come from the full assurance of understanding the joy of their salvation. I want you all to be encouraged so that you could be united so that together all of you all get the fullness of what you have access to. And not just a little tiny portion, all that you have. And why do I want all of you to have the fullness and the possession of your complete understanding? So that, or in order that, or the result of this being that you together would know the mystery of God. Namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now I want you to link four little words here with me. The word treasures, I want you to link back a couple sentences before to the full riches. 
I want the saints to have the full riches of complete understanding. Where is that found? The treasures are in Christ Jesus. And then after that, I want you to link wisdom and knowledge in Christ to where he says complete understanding. I want the saints to have the full riches of complete understanding. Where is that at? It's in Christ Jesus. All the treasures, the full riches of wisdom and knowledge, complete understanding are in him. And this is why Christ says, I want them to be one as we are one. Because in him, we have revelation of all that we've been given in our oneness. Just as a reminder, all of this good stuff started with the word encouragement. So with a discouraged lifestyle or a discouraged people, none of this stuff is possible, which is why the enemy rails at us to discourage us on a regular basis. There's one of the more encouraging brothers I've ever met, right back there, Eric Loss. That guy just breathes the encouragement of the Holy Spirit with him. Encouragement's such a big deal This gift is so often overlooked. Oh, it's just a cheerleader gift. Encouragement is a powerful gift. And it's similar to prophecy and all the other grace gifts. Some people have the grace gift or the motivation gift of encouragement. You can do it. Hang in there. Keep your eyes on the prize. But all of us are called to encourage. Some of us have the grace gift of prophecy and leadership, and teaching. It's just flowing out. I can't help but read the Bible without wanting to teach people about the Bible. But all of us have the ability and are called to prophesy, and to lead, and to teach in our sphere of influence. We're all called to encourage. Some people have the grace of doing it. This is often overlooked, and it's often overshadowed by the other gifts. But guys, it's such a huge gift in the body of Christ. Because without this encouragement, none of this good stuff will follow. To encourage means to hearten, to inspire with courage. Think of a football huddle. Everybody get in a group, right? Come on, team, on three, one, two, three, rah! Even if you lose the game, you're still like, you're built up, right? You you haven't even started playing the game yet, but you've got more confidence than you did when you came out of the locker room. Why is that? Because you were encouraged, because you huddled up and spoke the truth to one another. We can do it. We've worked hard for this day, guys, to to spur on, to stimulate your thinking, to lift up your eyes and look ahead, guys. Look at the goal ahead of you. Don't forget, you're almost there. You can do it. Hang on. Don't grow weary in doing good. That's encouragement. And we need it so bad in this hour And we've got a ministry of discouragement coming every day, the live long day. And if it's not coming from without, it's coming from within. Because I'm just down on myself or I'm frustrated that I keep doing the same thing over and over and keep on struggling with my emotions or whatever it is. And this ministry of discouragement keeps us from being united in love and having the full riches of complete understanding. Scripturally, How do we encourage each other? How does the Bible tell us primarily to build each other up and to hearten each other in our holy faith, to build each other up and encourage one? How does the Bible tell us to do that? I would like to tell you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Such an encouraging 
word to my heart. The Bible says specifically how we encourage one another, especially in these last days. 1 Thessalonians 4.13, read along with me. Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. This is what's going to happen to all of us. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The day of the Lord is coming close. It's almost here. And you as sons and daughters will be lifted up and you'll be with him forever. Don't lose sight of the prize. I want to remind you of the nearness of the coming of the Lord Jesus. Do you feel encouragement as I'm reading this? That's our home. We're just sojourners here. We're being called somewhere else. Look what he says in 1 Thessalonians 5, the next chapter over. Verse four, but you brothers and sisters are not in darkness so that that day should surprise you like a thief. You're children of the light and children of the day. We don't belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep. Let us be awake and sober. Look at verse 10. He died for us so that whether we're awake or asleep, we might live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another. And build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. The day of the Lord is coming. Don't freak out about it. You're like Israel in Goshen. The plagues are coming, yes? Yay! That means your freedom is near at hand. Don't freak out about the plagues. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Because look what it says in verse 9. God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Encourage each other. Your freedom's coming. He's coming to punish evil. And he's coming to set us free eternally. Look at this to your right in Hebrews chapter 10. There's so many more of these. I'm just going to lift up a, a couple of them here. Hebrews chapter 10. Look at verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You're encouraging each other with a reminder that the day is drawing near. Look forward to that day. Hope in that day. Don't hunker down and see how you can keep your life here and protect your life more and more. It's almost over. It's just a breath anyway. Look forward to the day when you'll be set free eternally to live with him forever, church. And then lastly, look at 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 3. He says, look forward three times in just a couple short verses here. Starting in verse 10, 
The day of the Lord is coming. It's coming like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. Does that make you freak out a little bit? It kind of makes me trembly. The heavens are going to disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed with fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? Well, you ought to live holy and godly lives as you what? Look forward to that day. Are you kidding me? Who looks forward to Armageddon? The children of God who are going to be set free. It's a glorious day. You look forward to that day and you speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with the promise, number two, here we go, we're looking forward to a new heaven, a new earth where righteousness dwells. Verse 14, thirdly, so then dear friends, since you are looking forward, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace. All of these things are calling us to be living in unity with one another as we're being encouraged in heart. All of these passages say the same thing. As you're encouraged, you caught up together with him, you're, 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 you're unified with him. As you're encouraged about the day of the Lord, think forward, you're gonna live together with him. As you're encouraged with him, you meet together, you have communion, you don't forsake meeting together. As you're encouraged, you, you're, you're found at peace with him together as a group. So encouragement, I'll finish up with this. Encouragement always, always leads to two things. Encouragement always leads to breakthrough and miracles. Because Isaiah 35 says, just look at the screen if you would with me. Strengthen the feeble hands and steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, listen to me. I'm going to encourage you with the word of the Lord. Those of you with fearful hearts about the future, be strong. Do not fear. Why? Because the day of the Lord is near at hand. The Lord will come and he will come with a vengeance, with the divine retribution. He will come and save you. When you're encouraged like this, then the eyes of the blind will be open and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped and the lame will leap like a deer and the mute tongue will shout for joy and water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Encouragement leads to breakthrough of signs and wonders and miracles, similar to how it did, lastly, in Acts chapter four. You remember when the church was being persecuted They got together and they cried out to the Lord with one voice. They prayed to the Lord. And they're saying, you made the heavens and the earth, Lord. All these people have done what your power and will had decided. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They're built up. They're encouraged in this huddle. And then the place where they were meeting after they prayed was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went out and they spoke the word of God boldly. And all the believers then after the encouragement were knit together in love. They were unified. They were one in heart and one in mind, and no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. They shared everything they had. Encouragement 
leads to unity in the faith. Encouragement leads to signs and wonders and breakthrough, and it also leads to boldness and unity. So there's a word picture here. I'll finish with this. I want you to think about how Colossians 1 said that in Christ Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And that's like a vault. It's sealed up in Christ Jesus. And how do you get into that vault? Well, you have to open the door. As soon as you can open the door, then you have possession of the full riches of complete understanding. But in order to open that door, you have to turn the little key code. You have to turn the lock set. And you have to plug in the numbers. And those numbers are encouragement of heart and uniting in love. So we come up to this vault that's filled with the riches of wisdom and understanding. All the treasures are in there. And we turn that lock to get our hearts calibrated with being encouraged in heart. And we turn that lock back to where we're united in love. And all of a sudden, click, you can hear it. And as the door opens, we have possession of all of the full riches of complete understanding. Why? Because we have access to all of it in Christ Jesus. It's ours for the taking. So I want to encourage you who are feeling weary of heart today. Be encouraged. The day of the Lord is close at hand. I want to encourage you with the gift of encouragement. Romans 12. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, what do you do with it? You put it under this ground and you bury it and you don't pull it out. You utilize it. You encourage. You just unfurl your heart and you take a step. You take a risk and you just... Start encouraging people. Let it flow and see what happens. We need encouragers in the body of Christ. Big time right now. Big time. One of the primary gifts that is lacking in the church that we need right now, one of the ones that gets pushed to the back burner. So encourage one another. 